know, trying to watch this economy, this delicate balance where we have, you know, we've got inflation, but maybe not as great as it was. And people are working, but maybe salaries aren't going up as much. We look for every indication of the, of the economy that we can. And one really interesting one came out the other day. Ashford Hospitality Trust, which is based here but has hotels all over the country, I mean, over 100 sort of high-end hotels, reported their revenue per available room, RevPAR, was about what it was in 2019 during the fourth quarter of, of uh, last year. I think that's good news. We need to hear more about it. Jay Robinson Hayes is the CEO and president of uh, Ashford Hospitality Trust. And Rob Hayes joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Hey, good to see you again. So that was a that was a good fourth quarter. Is that an anomaly, or are things getting back to normal? No, things are finally kind of getting back to normal. You know, we in the first quarter of 2022 we had that whole Omicron wave, which yeah. was really a doozy, and we were down. 30, 35% of revenues to, to 2019. So it was a really, really difficult time. But here over the past three quarters, we've continued to climb out and, and now we're basically back to where we were in 2019. So it's, it's feeling much better than it was not too long ago. You know, I look at a lot of your hotels and I think um, business rather than, you know, than, than, hosp- than leisure, um, you know, Washington, D.C. and New York and, you know, maybe a lot of the embassy suites for, you know, sort of families and that sort of thing. But does this mean business is coming back? Well, I think it, it really depends on how you look at it. We are pretty evenly balanced between leisure is about a third, business travel is about a third, and group business business travelers are about a third. So it's all pretty balanced. Uh, what we've seen is that the business traveler isn't quite all the way back yet. The group business is basically back to where it was, and the leisure traveler is a little bit better than it was. So you kind of add them up all together, and basically we're back to where we were. Uh, but business travel is the one that's still just a little bit light, uh, and so we're waiting for that to, to continue to ramp up. So what about pricing? Are you having to stimulate uh, for pricing, or are you back charging what you were in 2019? No, we're a little bit above. Uh, it really depends on the segment and where you are in the country. But generally speaking, we're probably 5% to 10% above 2019 in terms of rates. So we've got total occupancies are a little bit down, rates a little bit up. You added it together, so we're basically at about the same place. So it all it all works out. And, and, and you don't even have a crystal ball. You, you can look at advanced bookings at any point in time. What are you seeing? It's all pretty good. You know, we're holding our breath a little bit, just given what's going on with interest rates, inflation, the Fed, the economy. It's it's never exactly clear what's going to happen. But at least what we're seeing in terms of bookings, both for business traveler, leisure and group, it's it looks OK over the next three months, six months. Now, what we have seen is that the amount of time that's uh, between when a person books or when a group books and when they show up is tighter than it was. So it's a little bit more volatile. People are waiting a little bit longer to book. So that might mean that our our ability to see out of the future is a little bit hampered right now versus what it used to be. But at least what we're seeing on the books now is, is still looking pretty good. Well, some of these groups used to book, you know, two years in advance. You know, so they were sure to have a place for a, a meeting, a convention, something like that. And they're, they're holding it that close to the vest now? Well, I think it depends on the type of group. We do a lot more of smaller and regional group. We don't have any really, really big convention center hotels. So you're right. The big conventions that are 
2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people, those are still looking several years out and they are starting to come back. They, they're booking now for the future. But uh, what we're really seeing is more regional local groups are, are booking. It's just they're waiting to, you know, a month out before they're booking some of those rooms. So now we've got the luxury of, you know, putting our hands on our hips and looking back over our shoulders in the last couple of years. Were there many casualties out there in, in, in the lodging industry? And, and did it present any opportunities for, for somebody like you to go in and get some properties that otherwise you might not have had access to? Yeah. There really weren't many opportunities that came up. I mean, there were some deals that, that became available, but generally speaking, most lenders, which is where you typically see the friction, is if you've got a loan on your on your hotel, most of the lenders were willing to work with you to, to kind of keep hope alive and kick the problem down the road. I actually think you're going to see more opportunities here over the next 12 to 24 months because you are in an environment where the economy is doing well enough, but interest rates are so much higher that it's causing the your interest expense to be uh, significantly higher, which is actually putting almost more stress on your hotel than you had during COVID. So I actually think you're going to see quite a few owners be selling hotels because they're not covering their interest expense on a go-forward basis. And as they're looking to do refinancing here over the next couple of years, because interest rates have gone crazy, it's actually tougher to refinance that hotel. So I actually think you're going to see more opportunities over the next couple of years than you have in the in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, there, there are not many people running businesses right now that have run businesses during a period of, of sustained high interest rates. It's just been that long since we've had them. Now, some of us were in elementary school when that <laughs> happened. So I'm not going to say what you were or what I was, but uh, that's right. We've we've not been in, in this environment for a very long time. And I think it's a, it's a new paradigm for at least the, the time being. And we're trying to be thoughtful about how to how to navigate that. Like, I think my first home mortgage was probably 15 percent. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not proud of that. Not dating yourself. Yeah. I'm not, not proud of that. So tell me about, you know, I look at all the flags. and You've got all the right ones, you know, Marriott and Hilton and all Sheraton, all the big names, but you've also got a fair number of independents. I'm, I'm curious how how you make it in that environment. The Ashton in Fort Worth is an independent, Churchill and, and Melrose up in, in D.C., uh, Silversmith in, in Chicago. I thought you just almost had to have, you know, some sort of a it loyalty really, group. Yeah, it, it really depends. If you've got a hotel that's got a, a, a good location, so the dirt is good, the demand drivers around it are good, you can run an independent hotel, uh, but you've got to be a good operator and you've got to have a nice little niche that, that fits. And generally, you need to have a relatively small. So you're not trying to fill a 250, 300, 400 room hotel. That gets tough. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there are some of our independent hotels that we are constantly looking at brand affiliations to see maybe now there's what we call these soft brands. So groups like Marriott and, and Hilton and Hyatt have these affiliations where it's it's not a, a Hyatt name, but it's a they, you plug it into their reservation system. So there's some of these hotels that we're looking at maybe doing affiliations with them. But again, if you've got the right dirt, it's a smaller box, you, you can run a, a good independent hotel. Uh, in, a, in a major market. And tell me about locations right now. I'm, I'm curious about that post-COVID, if, if anything's changed. I know a lot of the airlines, Southwest in particular, Gary Kelly used to tell us he was going to orient flights toward mountains and, and beaches so that you could attract the leisure traveler and keep them. And they're going to keep those flights, evidently, because that, that worked. What about you? Are you looking at, at, at more resort areas? 
Well, resorts are, are tough. I mean, they've performed so well the last couple of years, and it's just hard to know how much more upside there is is to it, particularly as the rest of the world finally opens up. And so a lot of those people that were going to the coast in Florida, maybe they're going to the Caribbean. Now they're looking back of going to you're going to Rome or London or, or going overseas again. So it's hard to know exactly what's the remaining upside. But there's no doubt that when you look across the U.S., there are still markets that are struggling. I mean, if you look, I was just in San Francisco two weeks ago, and, and we have a lot of assets in the Bay Area. And that market is one where it is struggling to come back. People are not coming back to the office. There's obviously seen a lot of tech layoffs that have been happening across that industry. And it's uncertain of what the future of the Bay Area is over the next few years. And, and we're seeing it in our hotels that are still down, call it 20% relative to where they were in 2019. Uh, and there's a handful of those markets in Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis and Chicago. I mean, some of these little colder uh, northern markets are not back. And so it really is the, the question we're trying to figure out is in the hotel world is how much of that is just temporary and how much of that could be permanent given demographic changes uh, in, the, in the future of travel. And, yeah, I, uh, and so that's what we're trying to. You always looked at California as this bulletproof. I mean, it seemed to withstand everything. I mean, high rotten weather and high tariffs and 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 these people still kept coming this this is unique it is and it's and it's interesting because it's different even between northern and southern california so our assets in san diego and los angeles have done great I mean, they've bounced back uh but northern california hasn't and there's just certain markets for whatever reason uh, and I don't know if it's uh, it has to do with the, the political or municipal. There's issues of crime and homelessness and things that we obviously don't want to see here in Texas. But we are seeing the impact that some of these things are having in other markets across the across the U.S. Well, at, at least it look, uh, looking back at your fourth quarter, congratulations. It was a great quarter. That is a uh, quite a remarkable comeback. And we wish you a good 2023. Dave, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Rob Hayes is the president and CEO of Ashford Hospitality Trust. For more of our conversation, go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.